You're listening to the PCAST. Each week we take you around Austin P, the Athletics Department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson, the Picasso of words. He is Dylan Schwartz, more of a Jackson Pollock of words. Not that there is anything wrong with that. Dylan, welcome. Thank you. Dylan, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, as we know, uh, we were on fall break, so not a lot of stuff was going on around the department. We want to shout out former Austin P golfer Marco Eaton. He's putting together some good um, finishes in his tournaments on the Challenge Tour. He's moving up the world golf rankings. Up to 444th after his finish in China. The top 45 on the Challenge Tour are locked in to compete for it again next year and will receive sponsor exemptions on the European Tour. The top 15 on the Challenge receive a full bid on the Euro Tour, which Eaton is slowly but surely on the cusp of making the Swiss Master. The 2014 Auburn Regional winner has enjoyed the kind of sustained success rivaled only by a select few OVC players at the professional level. Dylan, this week we have regular season soccer ending. We have football on the bye. We have the aforementioned fall break. Not a lot going on around here. Yeah, um, you know, the fall break seemed kind of like an oxymoron and since we were at the out at Gray Store and Golf Course in Dixon the past two days for the men's golf tournament, which did not have the best weather, obviously. Um, the women's tennis fall season wrapped up at the ITA Ohio Valley Regionals, and the women's golf is also off until Halloween week. Free time, sort of, kind of. Not really used to that this time. Yeah, I know. It's It's... It's a thing that we're not uh, as used to, especially working in this sort of department and having so much time devoted to other teams, but, you know, we got to find something out, hopefully. Yeah, does anybody have a book recommendation? Has anyone seen good movies recently? Uh, send those recommendations to me and Dylan, and we'll try to hit them up this weekend. Moving back. No, I don't want to say moving back, because that doesn't. No, okay. Looking back at last week, Dylan, what did we what did we see on the hardwood from Austin P Volleyball? Starting the hardwood with a pair of big volleyball victories, although it followed a quite frankly stunning conference loss to Belmont on Friday. Yeah, a bit of a head scratcher that loss to the Bruins, uh, up two sets on a Belmont side that's just not been very good throughout this season, and it's just all kind of faded. But rallied for a big win at Tennessee State on Saturday. Cecily Gable, 17 kills. Seems like she's been a big part of every big win this season. The Govs also defeated traditional rival and powerhouse Western Kentucky in a five-set epic thriller on Tuesday. Gable had a team-high 13 kills and took over the team kills lead for the season. They lost the fourth set 25-15. That could have been a real killer for the Govs, but they rallied to take down the Hilltoppers for the first time since 1997. Yeah, the uh, the Govs now having suffered that first OVC loss, kind of gotten it out of the way. It's uh, better to to have that first conference loss in the regular season than in the tournament, right? Yeah, um, drawing from my experience as a collegiate athlete, uh, you'd rather get that out of the way in the regular season. You're able to refocus and get your mind right to compete in the next round of conference matches, whenever those may be. Absolutely. Uh, back to the golf course, we have a top five finish for the guys at the F&M Bank ASP. ASP. A ASP. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with Austin P. Uh, intercollegiate uh, in Dixon. Uh, mentioned some bad weather there, but Chase Cordy was a top ten individual. He was ninth overall. Led the guys for the second straight year in the home event, shooting a 72 in his first 18 holes, and then a 70 in the last 18. Rain, wind, and all the other elements I've mentioned before shortened the tournament from 54 to the aforementioned 36 holes. 
cold, rainy, and largely miserable on Monday. A miracle to finish what they finished. Got roughly half of the first round completed before darkness set in. That is just a tough, tough that that weather it's tough for any sport particularly for a sport that requires so much precision and finesse the way golf does yeah and for the women's team the weather was a little better down in louisiana uh monroe to be more specific at the fred marks invitational they finished the first 36 holes it was fine on monday and then weather came there as well and canceled the final round and taylor goodley could have been contending for an individual championship in the final round. Um, the Eldorado, Illinois native, had been near the top of the leaderboard, uh, mostly opening 36 holes. Uh, she wound up finishing third overall, her best uh, finish since a runner-up showing at her home tournament in 2016. You didn't want to try to say APSU again? No, I did not. <laughs> All right, that will take us to Saturday, and Dylan, just a, a wild, wild one on the gridiron. Yeah, uh, we learned the rushing attack still remains very strong for the Govs. Um, Jeremiah Oatsfall is continuing to develop, especially in the passing game, but penalties ended up hurting the Govs. Yeah, the game turned on a dubious pass interference penalty in the end zone, taking points off the board for the Governors. Uh, the the situation was just a, a, a very bizarre one. Down on the goal line, uh, Austin P threw a touchdown, pass interference call on the governors in the end zone not only pushed them out of the red zone but eventually out of field goal range 14 point swing that changed the complexion of the game as close to blowing a game open as it's possible to be without having it happen great games by Kentel Williams and D'Angelo Wilson that duo have become threats to score whenever they touch the ball and the governor's doing a great job of getting it into their hands yeah, the Cubs are on the bye now, have to regroup, get their minds right. Um, after a conference loss, like I mentioned before, you want to come back out and make sure um, that loss is made up for in the next game. Um, so they have a, a week to, to prepare and finish strong in the second half of the season, hopefully with some more wins. That's last week. We will take a break and bring on Cassie Stanfield, head coach of Austin Peay Softball, right after this. You know, today... I just woke up and I like said, No, instead of waiting on a good day, waiting around through ups and downs, waiting on something to happen, I just said, Okay, joining me today is head coach Cassie Stanfield, brand new coach of the Austin P. Governor's softball team, newest staff member, no stranger to the Middle Tennessee area, and we're grateful she is elected to grace our dugout after one of the most surprising and inspiring seasons in program history. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Hired two months ago today. How's it been? Great. Um, safe to say a whirlwind. You know, being brand new, not only to just head coach, um, but to any university. And then... I can. Okay. I was just making sure that it was still going. <laughs> um, but being new and then, you know, getting hired when I did a week before school starting. So I feel like I'm finally getting, you know, my legs under me um, and had a lot of help doing so. What made you comfortable inheriting this particular team? Like you said, last year was amazing. Um, they had a great year for Austin P. So, you know, knowing that and knowing that a chunk of their um, – roster from last year was still going to be here. Um, that's obviously, I mean, 
that obviously looks good to anybody that's about to come over and, and take over a program. Um, also, just the feel that I got when I was on campus was it seemed that it was a great time to be a part of Austin P. Um, so I was excited to just join that family um, and continue the growth that had already started. What's been the biggest challenge so far? I think being a first-time head coach, I think there's a lot of challenges. I think there's, um, you know, things that come about that you probably don't know as an assistant. Uh, so, you know, just kind of getting here um, and getting things going and, and making sure that I'm creating the culture, you know, that I want um, for myself as well as, like, our staff and our program. Um, I mean, I think that's probably the main thing that we've been focusing on here recently. What is the, the culture that you want to establish? You know, um, the first time I chatted with the athletes, I pretty much told them it's a blue-collar mentality. You know, we're going to you know, be the hardest-working team in the OVC. Um, and all of them were on board. And from day one, you know, our athletes have stepped on the field. You know, they are ready to work hard. Um, we're throwing a lot of challenges at them. But, you know, they are slowly but surely accepting the challenges and the change and, and starting to buy into that. You alluded to going from assistant to head coach. Have you been surprised at how difficult that transition can be? Uh, not so much surprised. You know, I know, um, I think all assistants know that head coaches, they have a lot on their plate. Um, I think it's more so you don't know till you're actually truly doing it. Um, and it's just mainly the behind the scenes stuff of, you know, who you're talking to, um, how much you are on the phone, how many emails you actually get, um, and just, you know, keeping the ship afloat. You came to us from your alma mater. What's it like to work at the place that you used to wear across your chest as a player? Um, it was an honor, 100%. Um, I loved every minute of it. You know, uh, it was a great two years. It was, um, for me, I had a lot of learning moments and growing moments. Um, but for the most part, you know, it was great to be back where I was. Um, I think for my previous athletes, it was fun to be able to relate to them because uh, I did play for the coach, you know, that was my boss. So that was kind of fun to be able to sit and say, hey, you know, she's Coach P's been like this for 10 years, you know, like this is what we did to get through it. Um, so it kind of helped just create a bond with the student athletes just in general. Um, and Louisville was a great city. So being able to go back there and enjoy that as an adult was uh, pretty awesome. I think there are certain questions and certain things that people certain stances people take that define who they are as people. So I want to play either or with you and see where you land on some of these. Okay. Mustard or ketchup? Ketchup. Lover or fighter? Lover. Flying or driving? Ooh. Uh, I'll do driving. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Beach or mountains? That's a tough one. I'll go Beach. Gracious winner or sore, sore loser? Ooh. I'm probably a gracious winner. The early part of the softball season when it's freezing cold or the late part of the softball season when it's just super unbearably hot? I would love the heat. Cats or dogs? Cats. Duke or North Carolina? <laughs> Neither? Is that an option? No, no. Gotta All right. Uh, let's go. Let's go Duke. Is that just because our current boss... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Quick break to talk about our friends at Renew Dental. Renew Dental is the official dentist of the governors and a proud supporter of Austin P. Athletics. 
Renew takes an approach to dental care that accommodates complex family schedules by offering convenient extended hours and a pampering atmosphere. Visit Dr. Gray and her amazing staff today at Renew Dental at 1835 Madison Street. Renew your smile. Renew your confidence. Renew you. That's Renew Dental of Clarksville. You've seen a lot of different things in the game. What's the big difference that you've seen in high major and mid-major softball? Um, you know, I think as far as the game of softball, I think it's it's just the game. Like, that's pretty basic no matter what level you're playing at. Um, I think personally it comes down to finances, you know, and, and more so I would say uh, – you know, a power five school probably has a little bit more resources um, just due to the money side of things. Um, I think mid-majors for us, it's um, we just have to become a little bit more creative with how we're going to compete with that and find ways to get that for our student athletes as well. Is that why sometimes coaches with a, a big high major pedigree have trouble assimilating when they go to a mid-major because they're just not used to having the lack of resources? Could be, you know, it's very different. Um, even as far as, you know, maintaining a field, you know, like dragging your own field and taking care of it, you know, I mean, little things like that. Um, it's definitely a change, um, but it's doable. You just got to put in a little bit extra work. What is the biggest misconception about softball as a sport? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Um, for me, and it just be it could be because I'm in the game. I think it's a great time to be a part of softball. Um, I think our sport has grown so much over the past few years. I think ESPN has done a great job of kind of taking us in and putting so many games on television for the rest of America to see. Um, I think that's been extremely beneficial. And then now, you know, we have the Olympics. We're back in it. So I think softball. I mean. I think it's a good time to be a part of it. I think our uh, sport has grown a lot. Um, and I think, you know, our younger athletes have something to look forward to and we'll just continue to play. Is softball starting to take off a little bit more on an international stage, not just maybe in Caribbean countries, but over in Europe, the same way baseball has slowly begun to do that? Yeah, you know, we have um, we do have teams overseas. Um, I think, again, it coming back into the Olympics, I think that's huge. Um so, yeah, I would say growth is definitely there. As someone who's working her way up the career ladder, you've had to move quite a bit. What's the toughest part about assimilating to a new team and a new athletics department? One, getting used to the new university. Everybody has their own policies, so that's always something that's going to, you know, come into play. Um, I think as far as coaching side of things, I think it's, you know, establishing your culture and then making sure you have your athletes that are buying into it. What would you do if you didn't do this? That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure. I would say something with continuing to help people, you know, um, when I was younger, I thought I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. So with exercise science major, I could have possibly gone into strength and conditioning, you know, university level or even just personal training um, or even on the other side of helping people counseling. So anything. But was this always kind of the goal anyway? 100%. 100%. Yep. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? Actually, um, it, I probably didn't really know till my senior year. Um, again, I was extra science thinking I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. 
And then I was an intern in our weight room and it was my fifth year, my fifth, um, it was in the fall. So I was working out in the mornings with the teams and then I would go to softball practice in the afternoon. And I just kind of realized luckily that my passion was still with the softball team. Um, and from then on, I just kind of grew with that and worked the camps and did whatever I could to get into coaching. Did you think at some point, I'll, I'll get softball out of my system and I'll take it as long as I want to and you just haven't reached that point or was it always 100% full, full board going to be a softball coach? You know, I just thought I was going to do something in athletics. And then when softball was out and I couldn't play college anymore, I realized how much I missed it and how much I just truly missed the game. And um, I was fortunate enough that had amazing – I had amazing, amazing coaches as well as mentors. So I realized that, you know, I wanted to be able to give that back to anybody that I came in contact with. I was going to ask that question. Actually, no, I'm going to ask that question when we get into the next part, which is the Proust questionnaire. What is your favorite word? What? Um, I mean, what is a good word, but I don't know if that's anyone's favorite. What is a good word? No, when you said what. Never mind, that was a bad joke. I got it now. I don't know what my favorite word would be. That's going to make this next question harder. What is your least favorite word? Jeez, oh, Pete. That's a good one. That is a good one, right? Let's mark that one down. What has been your biggest failure? Wow, we're getting deep. Biggest failure. You know, um, I'm not sure. And I don't know if that's because I don't usually... I try not to think about, you know, like the negative things that have happened, but I feel like in my life I've been pretty blessed with some good opportunities, and if I ever did fail at something, which I know I have, um, I usually just kind of take it and learn from it. So I'm not real sure about that one. What has been your most gratifying success? Ooh. I would say coaching almost just in general every year. Once, I think it's the grind of uh, starting in the fall, making it all the way through the spring, and being able to watch your student-athletes kind of learn and grow um, throughout that period of time and uh, getting them to, you know, see their success on the field as well as off the field and how much they enjoy it and, and that their hard work pays off. What is the last movie you watched? Movie? <laughs> Uh, let's see. I literally just watched a movie. Oh, I started the billboard, the three billboard in Missouri. Oh, uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. There you go. Yeah. What's your favorite holiday? Halloween. Why? <laughs> uh, I just love it. I don't even like scary movies or haunted houses. I just more so love the little kids dressing up and being able to give them candy. What is your biggest fear? Ooh, biggest fear. I probably shouldn't say this, but um, I feel like my biggest fear would be dying. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, if that's your biggest fear, it's your biggest fear. I was just, follow-up question obviously then becomes, well, why? And again, I probably shouldn't, I probably should do better because now you're making me think and get deep. But I would say more so just um, making sure I'm living life to the fullest like every day. 
so and not kind of taken for granted each day what is your grossest or worst habit oh i bite my nails a lot it's bad (laughs) who is your inspiration i would say my parents 100 percent. i think um my blue collar work ethic comes from them um no matter what, you know, I would have 50 million softball tournaments to go to and they would work their butt off to make that happen. So um, they've kind of just instilled the hard work inside of me. Who do you hope to inspire? If I could inspire, you know, one athlete a year, I think I'm doing my job. Hopefully I can find a way to touch a few more. But if um, I could get a hold of one a year, I think um, I'm doing my job. Yeah. Upcoming season, finishing out the fall, looking ahead, are you excited for 2019? Are you excited for what the future of this program is holding? Absolutely. Again, um, I think we have a great senior class that's going to – they're going to be great leaders. Um, I really do believe that. You know, we have a great season – not so much season, a great schedule planned. So, you know – it's going to be challenging. Um, we get to travel a lot, but at the end of the day, you know, I think our girls are going to come out and they're going to compete. Um, I think they're going to learn a lot from just, you know, taking what they've learned so far in the fall and that's going to transfer into something, you know, amazing for game time. What are your ambitions? What are your goals? Just not necessarily with this season, but kind of life in general, life in general. Right now, it's probably I still am I'm very thanking Austin P. But for me, I would say it's to leave a legacy or create a legacy here um, at Austin P. You know, I want to win OVC championships and postseason play. So I think um, the goal would be to become a winning program. Really? Really hopeful that you achieve that goal. Head coach Cassie Stanfield, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Stanfield for joining us this week. A fantastic coach and a welcome addition to the Austin P family. Looking ahead this week, football on the bye. I think we've mentioned that. I uh, don't know what else you really need to say about football being on the bye. Uh, heading out to Fort Campbell. By the time you read this, they will have gone out to Fort Campbell for a night practice. Uh, so uh, a fun little thing to do on the bye week for the governors. Soccer game this weekend at Southeast Missouri with massive OVC implications. Dylan has all the information you need for that one, and I'm going to turn it over to him and zone out for a minute or two because this is a long explainer. Yeah, you're going to have to buckle up here because this is going to be a lot of information for everyone to take in here. Uh, The OVC is very tight, especially in the middle of the conference. Only three points separate third through eighth place, and only five points separate third all the way through tenth place. As you know, the top eight in the conference make it to the conference tournament. The Govs currently sit tied for seventh with Belmont. They currently have each have ten points, and uh, Austin P is ahead of Belmont on the tiebreaker. They travel to Southeast Missouri, who sit in ninth place with nine points. However, Southeast Missouri and Belmont both play, and that game is tomorrow on Thursday. 
Basically, the easiest way the Govs can get in is if they win. Now, it's not assured, it, they're not assured of a berth in the tournament if they win, but it would be a huge help. Now, if Southeast Missouri, or if Belmont were to beat Southeast Missouri, then that game between the Govs and the Red Hawks on Sunday basically becomes a win-or-go-home scenario with a draw. They would have to hope Tennessee Tech, who sits in 10th with 8 points, loses or draws at least one of their games. And that pretty much wraps up that. There's a lot of more scenarios they can go to try to get a higher seed. But at this point, I thought I should try to hit all the scenarios they need to try to maybe get into the tournament. Just a lot of... Just a lot of jockeying for position there at the bottom of the... Really, everywhere in the OVC, there's one team out, two teams in, and everybody else. This is going to be a wild last weekend uh, on the pitch. For the Governors, a goal would give Claire LaRose sole possession of 10th all-time in single-season goals with 8. And this has been a pretty high-scoring Austin P team for a number of years now. She would join some pretty luminous names if she were able to break into that top 10. Moving on to the hardwood, we have volleyball at home against Jacksonville State and Tennessee Tech. They have not lost to either foe since 2015. They look to continue their first-place conference season so far with a win against each team. The Govs at 7-1 in the OVC own the tiebreaker against Moorhead State, but now in a dogfight as the Eagles have drawn even with the Governors in the league standings. Uh, last season, Brooke Moore put up double-digit kills against both of these squads, looks to continue her success uh, against the Gamecocks and Golden Eagles. Govs have won 25 of their last 32 at home, dating back to the start of 2016, and if they make it 27 of 34, that sweep would put Austin P at 20 wins on the season, the fastest the Govs would have gotten to 20 wins in program history. We also want to highlight Kristen Stucker, who is now becoming a possible Austin P volleyball legend. She's now only 100 assists away from passing Sarah, Sarah Alisala for second all-time. Possible. A possible Austin P volleyball le- I'm going to go on ahead and say just Austin P volleyball legend full stop. That's fine with me. Uh, men's tennis finally opened up their fall season last week as the women wrapped up, and the men will be at Louisville this week. That's a bit of a scheduling anomaly, isn't it? Yeah, um, they both uh, had the ITA Ohio Valley Regionals this week. Uh, the men's tennis team was led by Jacob Lorino, who won two singles matches and a doubles match. Um, the women, who were missing the Giannis Garcia sisters, but they also won um, some main draw matches in the ITA Ohio Valley Regionals. Um, Danielle Morris and uh, Fabian Schmidt and Tatiana Lopez were three of the standout performers there. Back to the golf course for the men, hopefully with better weather than we had these past couple days, in the fall's final event at the Pine Tree Intercollegiate in Kennesaw, Georgia, hosted by Kennesaw State. First ever appearance for the Governors in this event will close out the fall slate against a number of quality opponents, two from the OVC in Belmont and Jacksonville State, as well as Mercer, who who are now coached by longtime Governor head coach Kirk Caden. A few notices for things happening in and around the program in the next few days. Men's and Women's Basketball Media Day is Tuesday, October 23rd in Evansville, uh, in addition to Matt Figger and David Midlick, 2018 OVC Freshman of the Year. Terry Taylor will be in attendance to represent Austin P. 
the Ghost Candy Drop-Off for student-athletes to pick up those much-needed Govs Cup points is going on now through October 26th. Obviously, you can see Ryan Combs if you have any questions about that. Or the Peer Mentor Hangout, October 18th at 7 p.m. over at the Echo Power Club level at Forterra Stadium. SAC's monthly meeting is October 24th at 7 p.m. in the Govs Club room. Obviously, SAC doing great things here on this campus. Yeah, and you just have to find something that matters to you to get involved in. It's a great way to meet people outside your sport, especially if you're a student athlete. They love to have the support of this community, and all the things um, that they touch on are very important. Get in touch, stay in touch via web and social media. Dylan, where can the people find us on their personal devices? Yeah, connect via uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Going to give another weekly shout-out to Taylor Wiseman and Tyler Davis in the video services as well. Let's go be.com for dates, news, stories. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stefan Nolay, and myself doing what we can to keep you informed about everything going on in and around Austin P. And if you need tickets, we have the ticket gurus in Katie Locke and Sydney Hooper. They have you covered. And especially now that basketball scene is coming up, you called 931 221 P. That is 931 221 P E. A Y. The basketball season tickets are available now once again. You can get them now. It's going to be a fun season for both the men and the women. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review because I am not above pandering. Want to suggest a guest? Let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Ask Dylan for schnitzel recipes. Email us at schwartzd at apsu.edu or wilsonrc at apsu.edu, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye now. Must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief.